In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me is Richard. Uh-huh. Anyway, I guess I'm not. So, uh, interesting. You know... Sometimes I have to think I'm going to have to uh, pen a note to his uh, sleeve so he remembers what time the show is. Anyways, uh, we have some great things coming up this week. We have, well, a ghost hunt on the 20th, uh, which will be at, uh, in Salem at the vault, which is really, really going to be cool because it's uh, an old uh, bank, hence the name vault, and it is now a church. Uh, some of the stuff we'll be doing in there is uh, EVP work. We'll actually be locked in the vault because the vault is still there. And, and hopefully in total silence, we'll be getting some cool EVPs. Also, underneath the vault are some tunnels and uh, caverns and some other stuff. It's kind of neat, and I believe there is also another vault in the basement as well. In addition, we have some safety deposit boxes that we will be doing uh, psycho, whatever the heck that is, with it. But anyways, uh, without further ado, while I wait for Richard to come, let me bring on my guest. Uh, he is, other than Mr. Gettysburg himself, Mr. Mark Nesbeth. Hey, Mark, you there? Hey, Ron, how are you? Good. If I could find Richard, I'd be better. Now, Richard's off in the ether somewhere, huh? <laughs> you know, these English, I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe they have a different time zone than we do. I don't have no clue. <laughs> it might be, yeah. <laughs> so so how are you doing, anyways? Very good, very good. I, You know, I, I heard the last little bit of your uh, uh, broadcast there, and you're talking about going into a vault to get EVP. Right, that's something uh, new that we're going to try. That's excellent. You know, I did that uh, for the uh, Mysterious Journeys uh, television program, and uh, I was amazed because I was getting EVP in a vault, in a bank vault, which is, in, a, in essence, a Faraday cage. You know, there's no, no electromagnetics can get through that thing. You could sit, sit out a nuclear blast in, a, mm -hmm. in that. So that means whatever you get in that vault is in there with you. Ah, uh, that's a little spooky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's that'll be a good experiment. That's great. 
Yeah, and, and also we have uh, safety deposit boxes, uh, which is kind of neat, too, because, I mean, the safety deposit box, first of all, it's metal, so it's a good conductor. Right. But it also uh, will hold values of uh, things that really mean uh, something to the individual that rented the uh, the safety deposit box. Yeah. So we're going to do a little, uh, uh, not telekinesis. Is it telekinesis? Uh, telekinesis, uh, I don't think so. That It, it would be a... Uh I'm not sure what the term is. Yeah, okay. You're going to try and figure out what's in the box, you mean, without uh, opening it? Well, they're empty. So you're just oh, going to be picking oh. up, you're just going to be picking up uh, memories or, yeah. or vibrations. It's, it's something new I'm going to try. Marnie um, right. teaches a, a class in uh, psychic development, and one of the things that they do is they pass various objects around the room, and you're supposed to be able to, you know, hold on to them and be able to pick up certain vibrations mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, try to uh, dis- discover what is associated with these particular objects. Right. So, uh, you know, this is I, 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 you know, it's never been done before, uh, at least not by me. So, but, yeah, you know, I'm gonna try it. Sounds exciting. Well, you know, valuables and uh, jewelry, personal items like that are supposed to hold uh, the, uh, you know, the the essence of the of the spirit long after they're gone. And of course, the safety deposit box. I mean, what did people put in those? But their jewelry and their valuables. So that's that's gonna be a great experiment. Yeah, so we're, we're always trying to come up with something different. That's good. That's good. Yeah, well, we came up with a few different things there. And uh, when you guys were in Gettysburg there out at the uh, Little Round Top Farm, that was exciting. That was a fun time. Oh, that was a blast. And I want to thank you once again for hosting us. That was absolutely terrific. Not a problem. Uh, Anytime. You know, Mark, whenever I think of Gettysburg, I always think of you. I, you know, if there is... One person associated with Gettysburg, I would say, is Mark Nesbitt. Oh, great. That's well, I, I can, you know, there are a lot, of all the things in the world you can be associated with, some are good and some are bad. <laughs> but uh, Gettysburg is certainly good. And uh, so I appreciate that, Ron. And, and by the way, while we're talking, why don't you give out your website? Okay, it's ghostsofgettysburg.com. It's pretty simple, you know, www.ghostsofgettysburg.com. And that yeah, links you to just about all the other. Uh, websites that we're involved in too, like ghostchannel.tv and which, which, uh, Ghost which we're being, uh, we are being broadcast on Ghost Channel right now, by the way. Oh, great, great. So, but um, yes, that's also on our, our link page on the Any Ghost Project uh, website. That's anyghostproject.com. Now, we are writing a new book, uh, Mark, which is uh, it's basically ghost stories from all over the world, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat. But yeah. one of the things we are including in the book is the story uh, of the, oh, God, I can't even think of it. Is it University of Virginia or some, some college that's uh, in where you are? In fact, you told the story, so, yeah, I mean, you're certainly uh, getting credited with it. And, and that's about an elevator that opens up into the basement. Right, right. That was, um, that was a story I heard many, many, many years ago from... Uh, college students and uh, I knew the people that were actually involved in that uh, it's the uh, famous story at Pennsylvania Hall the administration building right where the uh, two administrators worked late one night and of course Pennsylvania Hall as you remember was used as a hospital during the time of the battle and they got in that elevator and descended and then uh, the doors opened up into the basement where they didn't plan to go and uh, opened up onto a scene out of time and reason, 
Um, the other interesting thing about that is, you know, a lot of people think that might just be an anomaly, you know, just a one-time thing. I was uh, sitting there autographing books one day at the uh, college bookstore, and a couple came up to me, and they said, we know the woman that that, that happened to. I said, oh, well, and I named the two women that I knew, and they said no. And they gave me a third name. Really? Another woman that was actually, and the circumstances were a little different. She was uh, an accountant working for an uh, accounting firm in Lancaster. They were doing an audit at Gettysburg College, and they asked her to uh, go into her car, outside into the car to get some paperwork. She got in the elevator, went down into the basement. The doors opened. She saw the very same thing. I called her. She lived in Denver, and I got the story from her. So it's not an isolated incident. It's <clears> happened at least twice. And uh, people tell me things keep happening. i gotta come, I got to get back there because things keep happening in Pennsylvania Hall, the administration building for Gettysburg College. You know, Mark, you are so lucky because you have uh, such a great laboratory to work with uh, in uh, Gettysburg. That's the way I look at it, Ron, as I think I maybe mentioned to you before. It's like, you know, Civil War battles um, are like the perfect storm for creating ghosts. You know, everything comes together. Uh, you have young, youthful death, unexpected death, violent, certainly violent deaths. Uh, a lot of them are so sudden that the people don't even realize that they're dead. And, of course, that, that is one of the things people say produces a ghost or allows the spirit or forces the spirit to, to remain at, at a site. And, um, it's, uh, it, you know, the battlefields are very much like that. You can't get away from that when you're in, in, in Gettysburg. Of course, in Gettysburg also, we, of the 400 buildings that were there at the time of the battle, we still have 200 of them that, that remain. That's, so we've done a pretty amazing. good job. What's that? That's amazing. That's, I mean, that's just, yeah, wow. I know, well, we, Gettysburg was not wealthy, like, you know, Philadelphia, you know, one of the larger cities. And mm -hmm. when a building got old in Philadelphia, they just tore it down and put up a new one. But Gettysburg couldn't do that. So, uh, and then in the 1960s and 70s, there was a preservation effort to, to, to keep these buildings as well. So we have a lot of the buildings that were used as hospitals and, uh, and uh, you know, where so much human emotion was expended when men were in, you know, suffering and thinking about their families and uh, suffering amputations and things like that. So it, it, Gettysburg is really, you're right, it is a big laboratory for paranormal studies, and, I'm, and I, I do consider myself pretty lucky to, be, to, to have lived there for 35 years and, and still now to be within, you know, an hour's drive, go there any time. You know, it's, I was just thinking as you were talking, blood in the earth. Is that necessarily a, uh, a recipe for paranormal activity? Well, that, you know, well, as you know, there's so many questions about paranormal activity. And um, I would imagine, uh, I would imagine there, that may have something to do with it if there's anything left over. I know, for example, uh, blood that is in some of the buildings on the, you know, stained in the wood floor, that that's still there from the, from the amputations, from the battle. And you say to yourself, yeah, but what, you know, they couldn't contain anything, you know, left over. Well, they've done experiments with um, luminol, you know, the stuff that they use on CSI. Right. Yeah, we use it ourselves, actually. Yeah, well, it still works after 145 years. In other words, there's still 
some essence of that human being, enough of it to make the luminol uh, fluoresce, uh, the protein in the human blood. So there's something left of these guys uh, physically there mm-hmm. at Gettysburg. And the other thing, of course, that we don't know is how many are still buried out there. We're missing between 800 and, and uh, 12 or 1,300 that, oh my God. That, that aren't you know, weren't exhumed and taken south, that weren't taken off the battlefield and buried in the National Cemetery, they just disappeared. And we, uh, they're out there somewhere, and that's why when we go out to places like the Railroad Engine House, that is an area that was kind of like the back of the, back of the Confederate lines. Nobody really ever got there. If there are any burials, they're still there. In fact, I think it was 1997 when the most recent uh, remains were discovered and that was only a, those were only a couple hundred yards from the railroad engine house so it, uh, i have no doubt, doubt there's some people some soldiers still buried out on the battlefield now how much do you think uh, a spirit is really tied to the body that's an interesting topic as well i mean do you think that um Spirits are really attached that much to their bodies or, or not? Well, you know, um, Lane Crosby, you remember Lane, right? Absolutely. She's, She's a great, great medium. medium. Yeah. Great. Yep. And uh, we, uh, she has an interesting uh, take on it. She said, you know, you have to kind of maybe change your, the way you think about things. You know, we have a tendency to think that, that we're bodies temporarily inhabited by spirits. And she says, mm-hmm. actually, it's the other way around. We are spirits first. We are spirits that exist, and temporarily we are inhabiting these bodies. So <laughs> I think that's a, that's a better way to look at it. You know, uh, when, you know, the, the, you know, the body wears out or, is, or dies, I mean, the spirit just, you know, goes on uh, to where it was originally. And uh, so that may be uh, another way to look at that. So I don't know how, uh, yeah, that's about the closest I can come to saying that the body and the spirit you know, how close they're connected. Well, you know, it's interesting. Why I say that is because, uh, uh, you know, if that was the case, then, I mean, uh, for instance, let, let's look at Edgar Allan Poe. I just did an entry for him. Um, he, If that was the case, he would be haunting the grave yet, yet he's seen in so many other locations. Right, and that, you know, and that's not uncommon. I mean, you know, uh, Civil War soldiers that were killed at Gettysburg um, were apparent, have apparently been seen at, in their hometowns. Mm-hmm. So when we, you know, when we die, I don't think we're as as you know our spirits right now are locked into our bodies. You right. know, and occasionally we can do things like like uh, remote view or have a near death experience where we're astral projection. Astral projection, yeah or near-death experience where we're kind of floating over our bodies and, you know, and, and can see things. Mm-hmm. And, but, um, you, know, once, you know, once you're dead, I think, you know, I'll, hey, I'm going to Disney World. That's all I can say. <laughs> I think I'm going to Playboy Mansion. <laughs> there you go. Don't tell my wife, though. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> She's only listening, right? Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, she works for a living, unlike me. <laughs> But anyways, uh, you actually uh, have something really, really cool that's coming up, and I do want to talk to it a little bit. Let me check time-wise. We're doing okay. Um, you you have something which is a virtual conference. 
Yes, this is the first of its kind, as far as I know, in terms of the paranormal. It's a. It's called the Supernatural Summit. It is a virtual conference. In other words, you know, the normal type of uh, of conference, a paranormal conference. You gotta you gotta drive to Gettysburg. You gotta uh, spend a hundred and so bucks a night for a hotel room. You gotta pay for the conference. You gotta pay for your meals. You know, and and and. And then all the other incidentals uh, gets to be pretty expensive. Well, during this economy, Carol actually came up with this idea, and I think it's a great idea. It's going to be a virtual paranormal conference. In other words, we have pulled together some of the most fabulous people in the field um, that we can imagine, and they will be giving half-hour presentations uh, on the um, uh, and, and, and recording them so that. People can actually, on February 19th, 20th, and 21st, mm-hmm. actually can uh, get into this website and listen to these uh, people talk. They can ask them questions. They're going to be live for about 15 minutes afterwards. And um, then, the since we don't want everybody to be stuck at their computer for the whole weekend, they will be available. Uh, in other words, you can download these things the next month so if you you know want to see two or three of them you can if you want to download the rest of them for the rest of the month you can do that too in the comfort of your own home you can sit there at your dining room table and for the same price this is what what's interesting you know your your two or three family members can sit there and watch the whole thing too and uh so it's really it's really a pretty good deal and i think you're aware of some of the people that are going to be uh, on it. Well, why don't you go through some of the list? I mean, uh, there are some great names. I, I, I know I've seen the. Yeah, we got Eric Altman, who uh, is the Bigfoot guy. He's going to be talking about uh, Pennsylvania Bigfoot. Ken Biddle, who wrote the book uh, Orbs or Dust. He's probably the one of the foremost experts on uh, identifying uh, paranormal photographs and 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 uh, uh, comparing them with false pop positives. Rob Conover from the Midwest is going to be talking about religion and the paranormal. Oh, that's Ray interesting. Couch, uh, who uh, runs tours uh, into, Gettys, uh, into uh, Gettysburg and actually all over the country. Lane Crosby, you know, Lane, she's going to be talking about her experiences as an investigative, investigative medium. Um, Scott Crownover, you remember Scott? He, oh, yep. Yep, he developed the technique of taking uh, photographs of spirit entities in the daylight. Uh, Which I find absolutely fascinating, by the way. I know. It's an incredible thing. Richard Felix is going to send us something. Um, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who uh, is going to answer the question, are there demons among us? Really? Yeah. And uh, Dale Kaz, just to go through a few of them, Dale Kazmarek, Karen Jeffries from New Orleans, who is going to uh, uh, talk about the physiology of psychic abilities. Catherine Ramsland. Uh, who's going to talk about uh, paranormal forensics, using uh, the paranormal to solve crimes. Oh, that's um, a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, Lois Zemanski and Shelley Sykes, Ghosts for Kids. They wrote ghost stories for kids. And uh, Craig Talesha on uh, ITC, the Instrumental Transcommunication, Electric Voice Phenomena and Beyond. Wow. Um, Kelly and John Weaver. Uh, they uh, are local, uh, well, not local, but in Pennsylvania folks. Um, Kelly is going to talk about life after life, exploring death and spirit communications. 
Um, John Weaver is going to talk about Gettysburg, a lifetime of experiences with the honored dead. And of course, Patty Wilson, who is my co-author on uh, Haunted Pennsylvania, and John Zaffis, who is going to talk about inside the mind of a demonologist. You know, he is one of the foremost demonologists. You know, if you, if uh, you know, you who are you going to call for Ghostbusters? Right. You know, but how are you going to call when you got a demon? It's John Zaffis. You know, I, I don't know if I want to get in his mind. Be honest with you. <laughs> It is a it is a incredible lineup of people that we have involved, and um, I'm excited about it. I'll be giving a talk and be giving a, a, a little uh, kind of a, a a a tour, a ghost tour of the battlefield without being on it, which is you know you know we'll have visuals and I will be giving the ghost tour uh, through the computer. So, oh, that's cool. And, yeah, it's just a it's a it's a great idea. And, uh, you know, we, we, we're excited about it. We need people to sign up because we need more and more folks to get involved in this and see what it's like. And it's cheap. I mean, it's, 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 it's probably one, one tenth the price of what it would cost for people to, uh, go to Gettysburg and go to a, a conference live. All right. And you would never, ever, ever see that lineup anywhere else. Not all together, you know, n- normally you can get about six or eight speakers, you know, and then everybody's burned out Absolutely. Um, after two days, you know, because you can get them maybe three or four in a day. But uh, this is just a, an incredible lineup, and you'll have, you'll be, they'll be available to you for the next month. Wow. I, I, you know, I really think it's a great idea, and, and once again, how, how can people sign up for this? They can go to the website, supernaturalsummit.com. Okay. And, and, uh, uh, and I know I noticed it wasn't on ours, so um, I, unfortunately I don't do my website anymore. But I I did get the uh, information and I sent that to my webmaster, so hopefully she'll get that up very very quickly. Great, thank you. Yeah, well, I can also get to it through ghostsofgettysburg.com, but right. supernaturalsummit.com is where they want to go. Right now, I mean, Mark, how did you ever come up with this idea as far as you know putting a, you know such a undertaking together? Well, I wish I could take credit for it, but it's my wife Carol's idea. She uh, uh, used to be in um, computers and was we worked for a large software company. And everybody in business is going to this virtual conference uh, concept. In other words, you know, they in the good old days you used to put all your all your people on an airplane and fly them to Houston, you know, and then it's right. they spend all kinds of money on the on the conference and dinners and alcohol and all kinds of stuff afterwards. Well, <laughs> they can't do that anymore, you know, so now what they're doing is conferencing using the uh, the Internet, and it's a, um, a great way to do it, and it's inexpensive. And now individuals can benefit from that, too. Right. I, I know when I was on the uh, Harvard Pilgrim Appeals Board, uh, we used to... Uh not video conference, but audio conference quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the, the Ghost Project, when we have our, our meetings, we do that a lot. We do the virtual conference room. I, it, 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 I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, because now, you know, people don't have the time, and the distances uh, are so great, it, it makes it even more difficult. Uh, so this is a, a great way of getting there at, uh, you know, a very uh, reasonable cost. Well, I can imagine half of our audience, you know, uh, someone down to the dining room table in their pajamas, you know, and turning on their computer and attending the <laughs> attending the conference in their PJs. 
Right, right. But, I mean, it's so cool. And the part of it, it is interactive. That's, you know, it's not just like you go on and watch clips. It's uh, it's interactive. You, right. The speakers are there for you to talk to and uh, so forth. Yep. A part of the contract is that they, uh, you know, make themselves available for 15 or 20 minutes after their, you know, talk is presented, whether it's, uh, you know, taped or whether it's, some of them are going to be doing it live. So they'll be there to answer questions. So uh, it's it's really exciting. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's it, I can't I can't imagine anything more convenient for people. Absolutely. I just I just hope that you uh, uh, send Richard a uh, email or something so he realizes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did we did send something to Richard, but he and he responded, but he responded. Uh, he gave us somehow he had the wrong email address, so we didn't hear from him for a couple of months. So finally, we got in touch with him. So. He's uh, he's on our he's on our list now. Yeah, he, he he's so funny. He should, like I said, he should be here today. But uh, who knows with him? <laughs> he's a busy guy, I'll tell you. He is working with him uh, when he was in Gettysburg or that 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 weekend that we mm-hmm. had. I'll tell you, he's got more energy than ten people. I, I just wish you were in the, in the, up in the the woods with us for that night when just him and I went out and. He tried to contact the spirits. He, he scared the crap out of himself, which is the funniest thing I've ever seen in all my days of paranormal investigating. Uh-huh. Well, he's, Honest he's, to God, it was an unbelievable sight. I well, mean, he, he <laughs> cut himself and everything. I just, oh, my. Well, he says, you know, he, he comes right out. He says, I'm a ghost hunter that's afraid of ghosts. And he is. <laughs> well, now, that's a, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. That's cool. It's uh, yeah. It's it's simply amazing that uh, y- you know I, I go out there and and, uh, and and I'm sure you do. I, I don't I don't think you've ever gotten frightened, have you, uh, or startled or anything? Well, people always ask me that. They say, you know what what uh, scares you the most about ghost hunting? And I'm like, well, you know, walking into an old building at night and falling through an old rotten floor. That's what scares me the most. You know, the ghosts don't scare me. But there, there have been times, and I will admit, for example, when I was a park ranger, um, we used to, you know, go out on a battlefield at night and do patrol work. And every once in a while, there'd be a beautiful moonlit night, and we'd be driving through Devil's Den, you know, and you're on patrol by yourself. And you just stop the car and park, and you get out and you walk around because it's such a beautiful night. You got a, you know, you got a gun and you got a radio, so there's nothing really to be afraid of. And, but then there were other nights. When I'd be driving through Devil's Den, and I'd say, boy, it'd be a nice night to get out and walk around. And all of a sudden, the willies, you know, the (laughs) hair on the back of your neck stands up, and you get the shivers, and and you're like, well, maybe next time. (laughs) So that, I guess, is about the closest I would get to being uh, frightened out there, just getting a little bit of the willies. Um, And so that's I think that's the extent of it. You know, you know what's interesting is um, I think I forget the time because it goes by so fast. Uh, there used to be when you guys, you and Jeff Belanger and I think Laura, what's her name, ran the Ghost World Conference out there. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was amazing. I mean, you had some great speakers then, but even you, you've got a larger uh, uh, lineup now than than at that time. But one of the cool stories that I had there is I stayed at the big hotel there where the conference uh, was. I forget the name of it offhand. Uh, I think it was a Holiday Inn, wasn't it? Is that is whatever the yeah yeah. And it was really neat because uh, it was a modern hotel, 
But when Maureen and I, we had adjoining rooms, and we checked in, and we opened the door to the two rooms, and I walked in, and I started talking to her, and all of a sudden, something actually came out of the bathroom, and the door opened and closed. You could hear it snap and close, and the little sign moved. Of course, we was just stunned there because there was no one in the room with her. We, of course, ran right out, and there was no one in the hall or anything. So we had a, we had a visitor in, in the upper floors. Welcome to Tokenet. We'll Radio take a break, and we'll be right back. Cutting edge. Mysterious and spooky, they all talk gooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parrax family. frugal doesn't mean being cheap and the frugalitarian is here to show you how jody olson is the frugalitarian on toginet 3 p.m central wednesdays this is the art of great living it's just a matter of time before people start asking you to tell them your secrets to better style bargains on food home decor and clothing your wants don't have to change just how you acquire what you want on the frugalitarian it's an uncommon mix of style fashion savvy and earth friendly showing you great taste great style and great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing i'm speaking from experience i live on a beautiful farm where i take care of sheep and do a few light farm chores for extremely low rent for more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not go to thefrugalitarian.com Join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with Jody Olson. It's The Frugalitarian, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Toginet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me is Mark Nesbeth, Mr. Gettysburg himself. And, Mark, I have a question from the chat room for you. Yeah? Um, they want to know if you've ever seen a full-body apparition. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Uh, uh, yes, that was, that was a short answer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, if you've ever seen one, you don't have to really think about it too long. But uh, uh, actually, it's kind of strange because, out of you know, I lived in Gettysburg for 30-some years, and I only had two visuals. One was not very clear. The second one was very, very clear. And that was one in my building, you know, where we run the ghost tours out of. Oh, yeah. Great place, by the way. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, you know, as, as you remember, the first uh, building there was built uh, in 1834, then, the, then another section in 1837, another section in 1888. So most of it was there at the time of the Civil War. And I was... Um, I was uh, closing the door in one of the back rooms in the 1837 section of the house, and out of the corner of my eye, over against one of the walls, I saw uh, a figure dressed basically in black. Now, I don't think it was a shadow person. It was like a woman dressed in mourning with a, uh, 
a large hat that kind of came down and a, and a veil, a dark, uh, a dark top and a dark, long, dark skirt. And I remember it because I remember seeing the pleats in the skirt and it wasn't a hoop skirt. It went straight down. Um, and the most striking thing about it was the woman was tiny. She was about four, four ten, maybe. And I, I remember that. And of course, I'm, I'm trying to get as much information as I possibly can out of the corner of my eye and saying to myself, don't look, because don't, I know as soon as I look, she's going to disappear. Don't look, don't look, don't. And I said, I can't stand it. I looked, and she was gone. Uh-huh. And I think that, well, let me put it this way, at least our, our mediums, uh, Julie and uh, Lane, think that it may have been Sarah Woods. Now, Sarah Woods was the... Uh, 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 wife of the owner of the house at the time of the Civil War, uh, Andrew Woods. And so that may have been her, but, uh, you know, she was tiny. <clears throat> and so that, and that's really the only, other than the <clears throat> kind of a hazy mist that moved around, that seemed to, um, as I accelerated my van towards it, seemed to move away from uh, my approach. Other than that, <laughs> those those are the only two things that two visuals. Let me put it that way. Now, you know, as you know, I've collected about a thousand stories on the on Gettysburg, and absolutely, that, it becomes kind of like a database, a data bank, and you can analyze and get patterns out of it. Only about ten percent of all my stories are visuals. Sixty one percent, sixty sixty one percent are auditory. In other words, you're probably going to hear a ghost before you see one. Mm-hmm. And, but all the senses are involved, as you know, Ron, the sense of smell, the sense of touch. I've been touched. Um, not this mysterious journey's weekend, which we had just this past weekend, but one before where we were doing an investigation in the cellar of the uh, Cash Town Inn, another famous... Oh, famous great place, too. Place. Another yeah. great place, yeah. I was... Uh, all the lights were off, and I was trying to get EVP, and, you know, everybody's quiet. And I felt... Uh, uh, on my shoulder blade, a finger go right straight down my shoulder blade. And then it happened again. And then it happened again. And I turned around. I'm thinking, these people don't know me very well, you know, to be touching me like that. Mm -hmm. And nobody was near me. Wow. So all the senses are involved. And I think I've already told you this. I'm not very sensitive in terms of the paranormal. I'm kind of like, uh, you know, a brick wall when it comes to... Uh, let me, I, uh, hold on for a second. How long have you been doing this, Mark? Oh, uh, let's see. I've been collecting stories probably since 1970, but I've so been... Say you actually, know, actually paranormal investigating. Uh, probably 1993 or 94. Okay, so maybe 15 years? Mm-hmm. So I always had this theory that uh, the more you do it, the more open you become, the more... Do you find that? I mean, because you're, you're a prime example. You said you, you're, you're not paranormal. I mean, that's funny, because I, I, I uh, said that myself, that I'm as psychic as a brick when I first started, but yeah. uh, I, now it's a little different. But uh, is, is that happened to you, and, and have you noticed any change whatsoever? Uh, yeah, i got to agree with you there. I, I have... Uh... I, I, you know, I always, I always like to think of myself as a skeptic. You know, I, you know, I, I got. You should be. Yeah, you, you know, you got to analyze these things. You just can't go crazy and say everything's a ghost. You know, 
you got to analyze it. That's why guys like you and me, when you hear a, a bump in a haunted place, we we run towards it <laughs> to right. see what it is rather than away from it. But um, the, uh, the the skepticism is is good, but it's getting harder to maintain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I I know I know these things. You know they may never be explained, but um, we're gonna try. But doggone it, they they are not normal. And if it's not normal, that means it's probably paranormal. So, right. uh, you know, I, 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 I am, I guess I'm, I don't know if I'm getting more sensitive, but I think I'm getting more accepting that there, there's some things we're just not going to be able to explain. And, um, and the spirit, spirit world or other dimension or whatever you want to call it may be responsible for, for some of this stuff. Now, I, I've seen uh, full-body apparitions, I would say, at least three or four times. Uh, mm-hmm. I really have to think about it a little bit more. But probably the the one that stands out the most in my mind was uh, we used to do this conference up at the Hooten Mansion in North Adams with uh, Jeff Belanger and a bunch of other people anyways. Uh, but um, while I was uh, there and uh, I was emceeing it and... I saw this woman uh, by, like, the kitchen, which is a side room off the main hall. So I looked at her, and, and she just walked uh, off out of the doorway, you know, uh, to the right. Mm-hmm. So uh, after I stopped what I was doing, I went in there. Well, actually, pretty quickly, I ran over to where she was, and then I realized that the only two doors to get in and out of that place, I was looking at them. In other words, the, the one facing the hall and the one right behind it, which went into the kitchen. So this was, a, a to me, a real person, and uh, it was gone. She yeah. had just walked virtually through a wall. Yeah. Well, you know, I get letters all the time, Ron, from, and most of them start off, uh, I've never had a paranormal experience in my life. But here's what happened to me at Gettysburg, you know? In other words, I, I don't think you... Being sensitive to it has anything to do with it. You know, it's just being in the right place at the right time. And, and if you are uh, destined to have that experience, you're going to have it, whether you, believe, whether you believe in ghosts or not. It's like saying, well, you know, I don't believe in ghosts. To me, it's like saying, well, I don't believe in apples. Well, they're there, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, or, or saying, you know, well, I don't, I don't believe, you know, I was never in Vietnam, so I don't believe the Vietnam War happened. Well, Obviously, there are going to be a lot of people argue with you just because you didn't experience it doesn't mean it didn't happen. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it gets to be metaphysical after a while, you know, but uh, the, the, the fact that it, that it happens to others and the fact that it continues to happen on a regular basis, uh, I mean, there's something, there's something there. Absolutely, there's something there. Right. So, I mean, once again, we, we've done this long enough that we realize there is something there. But we still, and I, I think you're, you're very much like me, is that you still challenge all the evidence when you receive it. Otherwise, you just don't accept it for a face value. You, you look at it, at it a little more deeply than I think an ordinary person, person would. Yeah, and, and, you know, a lot of times this stuff happens so quickly. You know, it's just like a photograph in your, in your head. But then you, gotta, then you have to go and examine, like you said, your experience probably happened, I don't know, just a few, it took a few seconds, right? Right. But you went back, you know, you looked and you examined, you found out where the exits were, and she couldn't have gotten anywhere. Uh, and the same thing, 
for me, I mean, you know, I, this experience with uh, the dark lady, this tiny dark lady, was, um, you know, that maybe lasted three, maybe four seconds. Uh, but I tried to get as much information as I could in that limited time. But, you know, you have an experience like that, and it's indelible. It just sears itself into your brain. Um, and that's one of the things I, I look for when I'm, when I'm asking people about their experiences, you know, to know that they're not making it up. If they, I ask, usually they end up telling me the story two or three times. And every time, it's, it's, it's identical. Mm-hmm. Because the stories, you know, when you have an experience like that, you can't, uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't change. It's like burned into your brain. Right. And uh, we actually have another question for you from the uh, chat room, from Laura, actually. You, you remember Laura, my photographer? Yeah. Who, who's never spoken to me since our trip back to, uh, from Gettysburg. <laughs> yeah. I guess 10 hours in the car with me is not good. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she asks uh, about, you know, you, once again, we were talking about how you believe your you know, psychic is a brick, but yet you have a phenomenal success rate with EVPs. Oh, yeah. Well, once again, that's, I, I think a lot of it is practice. Uh, I got oh, probably 45 EVPs this past, uh, this past weekend. Of course, we were in wow. several, several places, and not all of them are, are great. I mean, I haven't even analyzed them yet, but we got some pretty good you know, soft stuff that I'm going to have to listen to. But, um, you know, a lot of people get frustrated because they try and get – you know, they go on a on a ghost hunt, you know, an organized ghost hunt. They try and get EVP, and um, it doesn't happen. And then they get frustrated, and they say, the heck with this. But I think two things are, are involved. Number one, uh, we do it a lot more than everybody else. You know what I mean? You and I are out almost every weekend uh, trying to get EVP. And, and, and it, like everything else, practice makes perfect. Um, and so that's that's part of it. Uh, I also think being kind of sympathetic to your subject helps. I'm usually trying to get in touch with Civil War soldiers and uh, or or people from the from the Victorian era. And um, you know, for example, I have a connection there with Mary Kitzmiller, owned my house for forty some years. Mm-hmm. And so when I try and talk with her, we have something in common. Uh, we had a, we had a flood this past uh, uh, week in Gettysburg. I mean, we had about 12 inches of water in the in the basement. It put out the put out the furnace uh, oh, wow. and it put out the water heater. And so I was talking to her about that. And and I like I said, I haven't analyzed it yet, but I got some nice soft EVP from her that you know lasted probably 10 to 15 seconds in in, in each one of the uh, questions that I had for her. Plus the Civil War soldiers. I mean, how many books have I written about them? You know, and I have great respect, if not awe, uh, for these uh, fellows and what they did. And I think that helps too when you you have a sincere um, a caring about the people that you're trying to contact. A lot of people don't like to contact their relatives, and that you know, if, if you would be able to contact, uh, have any kind of sympathy for someone, it would certainly be. Uh, dead relatives. I mean, you know them better than, than anybody, but um, a lot of people don't like to do that, but that may be... I'm one. They, <laughs> you may be more successful if you're just trying it for the first time doing that. And then, of course, 
you know, the, the place. I mean, Gettysburg, every place we go there has, has uh, some kind of spirits attached with it. So I think that, that helps too, you know, when you're in the right place. Right. Yeah, you know what's funny? Um, I've been paranormal investigating for quite a while. First, I was a history buff before I was a paranormal investigator. But I am absolutely horrid at EVPs. Now, it's because maybe I don't do them enough. I'm, I'm thinking this. I'm talking to you. I, you know, I, I can't get one to, to save my life. Yet I have so many other experiences. But I, I, I always have someone else doing them for me. You know what I'm saying? Well, when I go well, out on every, investigation. Go ahead. I'm sorry. When I go out on an investigation, I always have my EVP specialist, or, you know, Laura will do EVPs, or someone else will do them. So I really, you know, and I've got all my other equipment to, to deal with as well, so it, it's something that I never really concentrate on. Only the rare occasion, and when I do, I usually get crap. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think, um, you know, also I think everybody seems to have their particular forte when it comes to paranormal investigating. I see people who can take an EMF meter and and use it just like I use my recorder. In other words, they'll ask the spirit questions, and if it's a yes, they'll make the uh, EMF meter spike. If right. it's a no, they'll just leave it alone. And I've seen people do this and uh, or pick up things on on or dowsing rods. You know, Carol, my wife Carol does not try EVP. She doesn't do much with the EMF meter. She does get some fairly good photographs. You put a pair of dowsing rods or a pendulum in her hand, and she is coming up with all kinds of information uh, from the other side. Um, I saw her actually, in fact, I have a video of her with dowsing rods at an abandoned cemetery in Virginia, and it was covered with leaves, so you really, really couldn't tell where the, where the graves had been. She's walking along. All of a sudden, the rods start to cross, and you see her step into, you know, about six inches down into a grave. She steps back out, and the rods uncross. Wow. So, you know, everybody's got their, their forte, um, and you just have to find it, you know, whatever it might be. See, I absolutely have no problem with a, a pendulum or an EMF meter or, uh-huh. you know, anything. You're just for some reason, EVPs, maybe because I don't do it. Maybe, like you said, you do need to practice. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's type of thing. Be- I, I really don't know. I've always wondered that, though. So, well, you know, the other thing is also, it's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe just need to leave the recorder going, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and not ask questions. I was interviewing a woman at a place called Fall Hill down in Virginia, ancient place. This goes back to Indian days, and I had the recorder on the on the couch between us, and we were. Uh, you know, I just let it run, and doggone it, if I didn't get some EVP on it. Hmm. I mean, it's. I don't know. It's it's such a, that's I guess why they call it the unknown, because there's so many variables that uh, can possibly affect what you do and when you do it. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. But anyway, it, you know, I I had actually another question about that that conference, which is the Paranormal Summit, I believe, is it? The no, Supernatural Summit. Supernatural yeah. Conference. Thank you. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll get it before the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> but do they need a special equipment or anything for that? No, just a computer. Really? Yep, that's all they need is computers. They can get it if they can if they're on the internet, which most everybody is, they can uh they can uh get the get into the conference. And uh there are different speakers and you can if you can't uh watch them live, you can definitely um 
see him later, right? Yeah, that how it works? Can, if you can't if you can't watch him on February nineteenth, twentieth, or twenty first, you have a whole month. You purchase a whole month uh-huh. with your uh, entry fee that you can uh, you can uh, go, get into the website and uh, watch the programs that you didn't get to see, or watch some over again if you wanted to see. You know, what pick up something that Rosemary Ellen Guiley said you missed the first time. You can watch it again. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's tremendous. Now, what if, uh, for instance, uh, I know you have the live chat after each presentation. Now, for instance, uh, uh, during a couple of weeks later, you watch Rosemary Guiley, and you have a question for her. Uh, is her email available that that people can actually ask her questions and, and get answers? Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's going to be available afterwards. Uh, we may have some. In other words, they can always email me. You know, and I can pass that question on to her. Okay. You know what I mean? Although her email, I think, is pretty is pretty public, you know, because she has it in her books and everything. But if they're, you know, we have a, the, 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 the source is, this, you know, the Supernatural Summit or ghostsofgettysburg.com. They can always email me the question. I forward, you know, a, a click of the of the mouse and it's forwarded on to her. So it's not right. a... Yeah, not a big deal. Right. Some some people are a little bit uh, sensitive about their email addresses. <laughs> some people, yeah. I, I, I think Rosemary has hers in, in her books and everything, but I can certainly pass it on. Right. So uh, what else is happening with you, Mark? Do you have any new books coming, new uh, adventures? Working on Ghosts of Gettysburg 7. Oh, my God. Right now. And also finishing up uh, actually an e-book. It's going to be available over the internet, you'll be able to download the whole book, and it's going to be called Dead Men Talking. It's uh, uh, my EVP adventures. Uh, it's going to talk about EVP, and then the EVP will be on on the web. On this, the, the book will be able to be downloaded with the EVP into your computer, uh, so you can awesome. actually listen to the EVP using earphones or whatever earbuds or whatever you want to use. Mm-hmm. So you can you can listen up close and personal to the EVP that I've gotten. Plus, there'll be some um, some of my interpretations of what the EVP is, kind of like a transcript. Right. And then I mean, that's a great idea because uh, EVPs are uh, sometimes they're very difficult to listen to, like in a presentation and so forth, because uh, you really you know can't get the full grasp of it uh, without a headset. Correct. And uh, also, some of them you have to listen to over and over and over again before you finally pick up on it. And usually, you only hear them a couple times, like you know, at a speech. Um, so we have that going. Now, all our Mysterious Journeys weekends are filled up for this You're year. You're kidding. You know that? What's that? You're kidding. No, they all filled up, and that's the one. Those are the ones where we uh, kind of take a spinoff from the program. We we invite people to come to Gettysburg, stay two nights in the Cash Town Inn, and then we take them to the, some of the places that they saw on TV with the team that they saw on TV. But they're all filled up for this year. Now, we will have another... Uh, Ghost Quest weekend, which is a little bit different. We don't go to quite as many places, and the people actually stay in another haunted uh, B&B right in downtown Gettysburg called the James Gettys Hotel. And information on that is available, of course, on our website, ghostsofgettysburg.com. But, you know, it's a kind of a getaway weekend. Uh, a lot of times we hear the husband saying, well, I'm only here because my wife made me come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At any rate... It's a lot of fun, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be doing that over the winter. Um, but everything's pretty much hunkered down in Gettysburg uh, until probably March. And then we start our tours up again. 
and uh, I, I, I don't have much planned beyond March. That's that's phenomenal. I mean, it, it's uh, it's a it's a great place to go and everything else. I, I do have to tell you a, a little story. Uh, I don't think I've told it to you since I last spoke to you. Uh, we did an investigation at a, uh, a place down here in Concord called the Old Mance. And prior to doing the, the, it was a ghost hunt, so where the, the people actually go and they, they do investigating. And I was doing a, a little talk before we go, went out, and one of the persons who wor- works at the manse was talking to the group first, and they were saying how, you know, different things happened. And, and you know, and even in this bookstore, because we were in the bookstore doing our talk, she said sometimes the books fall, fly off the shelves and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she was done, and I, and I get up and I talk. I was talking in front of 30 people, Mark, and... As I did, one of the books went flying from the shelf. Now, this wasn't just like sitting on the shelf. This was one that was in one of those little metal um, holders. Yeah. Yeah, and it didn't fall. It flew off the shelf. So here you have 30 people and uh, great evidence. That's great. That's great. Of course, did we get it on film? Of course not. (laughs) Of course not. Yeah, you never know how the camera's going when stuff like that happens. Now, now the other question we were talking about was uh, catching things out of peripheral vision, which seems to be a, a great uh, tool for us. Actually, our peripheral vision catches an awful lot. Mm-hmm. But why, like you mentioned before, is when we turn to the ghosts and actually look at it with our full vision, do they tend to disappear on us? I don't know. She may have still been there. I, I just couldn't, you know, the vision out of the side of your eye is different. It's a different... Uh, biology uh, mm-hmm. of the eye, you know, that, 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 that you can see, obviously you can see movement a lot better, but there are other things that, that you can see better, maybe, maybe a little more into the, into the uh, uh, infrared spectrum. I'm not 100% sure, but I know that straight ahead vision is not, um, is a different quality of vision. And so, but I, I get lots and lots of stories of people seeing things out of the corner of their eye. Um, I mean, that's almost a, that's almost like getting, you know, it's almost a, a, a theme of paranormal uh, stories. You know, you know, I saw something out of the corner of my eye, or, you know, then I got a chill, you know. It's right up there with chills and hair standing on the back of your neck, seeing something out of the corner of your eye. So it's happened before, and um, and happened to me that, that one night. And the other thing we, we touched upon briefly, too, was also another sense that we use, which is our noses. We can actually... Smell spirit, if you would say, or uh, smell evidence of spirit. Yeah, well, the, you know, it's it's um, amazing because at Gettysburg, people will smell rotten eggs, and they'll say, "What am I smelling rotten eggs for out there in the in the street?" You know, I smell it for a few seconds, then it's gone. Well, sulfur was a main component of black powder in the Civil War. It smells like rotten eggs, right. so that's what they were smelling, or rose water. They'll say, why did I, you know, I haven't smelled that in years. My grandmother had rose water, not regular perfume. Well, during the course of the, after the battle, when the wind would shift, you have tons of rotting meat, rotting flesh and horse flesh out there on the battlefield, and it would blow into town periodically. And the smell of decomp, you know, you can't run away from it. And the women would carry handkerchiefs in their pockets soaked in rose water. And they just clap those up against their noses when this smell would come in. And maybe that's where people are getting the smell of rose water from. I mean, it was all over the town. If you didn't smell decomp in Gettysburg, you smelled rose water uh, for, the, for the weeks after the battle. 
So yeah, but all the all the senses seem to be involved. The only one I can't um I haven't heard anybody that ever tasted a ghost, you know what I mean? Other than it's close to the, you know, the uh, sense of smell. That, that's, that's the problem. It would be hard to distinguish because I, I know that, uh, in fact, when we we stayed at the little round top farm, uh, when we visited you, we went into the woods uh, and we got like, uh, how do you say it? Almost we could we could almost taste the liquor, like mm. whiskey or something. It, it, it was a, a weird sensation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we also could smell it. So, I mean, unfortunately, those two senses are, are intertwined, so it, it makes it difficult to, to separate them. Well, um, you know, one other thing you mentioned earlier about being in the Holiday Inn and having an, an experience, that is not uncommon, not just in the Holiday Inn, but other modern motels mm-hmm. to have a ghostly experience. You wouldn't expect it. You know, you expect you have to be in an old house right. or something. Not true. There are a couple of modern uh, hotels out on Route 30 going east, and I have lots and lots of stories about one of them. The thing is is that it was built on old Camp Letterman. Camp Letterman was the main hospital. You know, after they gathered all the wounded together, they took them, took them out to Camp Letterman. A lot of men died out there, and there was a cemetery out there. So I think it's more where the place was built, you know, what ground it was built on, uh, and that that can be the source of the of the haunting. Now, it's interesting, too, is, is that, I mean, we were not on the ground floor. We were up mm-hmm. on, I forget which floor it was, but we were on the upper levels. And, and I know that even uh, Maureen, when she was laying in bed, she felt like someone put the sign of the cross on her forehead. Mm. So, uh, which is interesting because now uh, the buildings wouldn't have been that tall at that time at that particular spot. So, I mean, even that is... Is strange. I mean, that it's hard yeah. to explain. Well, you know, there, there obviously there there are stories of ghosts floating. Mm-hmm. I mean, so maybe they can, you know, and going through walls and things like that. Oh, so absolutely. They, uh, can you know? Don't even need an elevator, you know. And that's maybe oh, that, what Maureen uh, uh, felt. I, I mean, there are reports of ghosts on on airplanes. Right. Yeah. Well, well, they're flying. So I guess that's not. You know, more than likely, no one died in the air or that particular thing. But so I, I guess uh, that kind of makes sense in a way. Right, right. Well, Mark, we're just about out of time, and I want to thank you so much for coming on once again. It's the Supernatural Summit, and I believe I got that right this time. That is correct. <laughs> and we've been talking with uh, Mark Nesbitt, who is Mr. Gettysburg. His website is ghostofgettysburg.com. And thanks a lot, Mark, and I apologize for Richard. I have no clue what happened to him, but maybe he went out for a pint or something and just forgot the time. <laughs> well, tell him I said hi when you see him. Or yeah. him. <laughs> and well, thank, thank you, Ron. Yep. Yeah. Appreciate it. Good night and God bless. Thank you. Well, that was interesting. And once again, we have a couple of things coming up I want to mention before uh, we go off the air. And first of all, it's the Paranormal Discussion uh, Group, which will be held at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover. Uh, the number is 978-474. Shoot. Yeah, look it up. Anyways, it's in the end over. Circle Wisdom, it's um, definitely tied to our website. Uh, that will be on February 16th. And then on the 20th, we have a ghost hunt at the Vault in Salem. So hope to see you there. Good night and God bless. From goalies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night.
deliver us, good Lord.